Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying Daniel 4b. That is the prophet Daniel, chapter 4, the second half of chapter 4. <clears throat> During the first half of chapter 4, we learned about a letter that King Nebuchadnezzar had written to his kingdom. He had written them regarding how he was living in peace. He had finally recognized that the true God, the God of Daniel, the God of the Judeans, was the most powerful of all the gods, but he still hadn't yet given up his belief in monotheism. He still believed in um, his own God, Baal, and the rest of the um, Babylonian pantheon. And he told the people of this dream about this big, beautiful, tall, beautiful tree with lots of shade and fruits and all the animals and birds and people derived benefit and fruit to eat and shade and so on from the tree. And then some messengers of the gods came down, actually the messengers of the God, of God himself came down and said, chop down the whole tree, chain the stump to the ground, and then, then the stump somehow morphed into an animal which ended up grazing in the fields for seven years along with the other animals until finally those same messengers came and reestablished uh, the tree. Um, the magicians couldn't interpret the dream, so Nebuchadnezzar turned to Daniel and asked Daniel to interpret the dream, saying that, Daniel, you are the one who has the spirit of the gods. So again, remember, Nebuchadnezzar might think now that Daniel has a has an in with the most powerful of all the gods but he still hasn't yet given up on the idea that there's a lot of gods so at verse 16 was where we're going to start from today at dayin then after being asked by the king to interpret daniel dishmei belt shatsar daniel who was his babylonian name was belt shatsar the t is important because in the next chapter we'll meet someone else by the name of bel shatsar without the t in it was a completely different person who we'll learn about soon. But Eshtomim Kishachada, he was he was um, he was uh, astounded. He was um, worried and nervous and uh, kind of dumbfounded for a, for about for a few moments. Shachada uh, literally means one hour, but you know it means he he didn't know what to say. He was struggling for words. and his thoughts were were. Um, confusing him and Daniel needed to think of an answer uh, don't be don't let the the dream and its interpretation uh, confuse you and get you worried and nervous because um, the king saw that Daniel who usually was a smart man and had a, had good answers. He wasn't answering. So Ane Bel Chatzar. So Daniel answered him and said, "Viamar, Mari, Chelma Lisanachu Fishrela Arach." The dream is regarding those that are your that, that hate you, and its and its meaning is regarding those that are against you. Now, um, there's several ways of understanding this because we're about to see. It's obvious that the reason why Daniel was confused. Uh, and worried was because it's obvious that the subject of this dream is is Nebuchadnezzar himself and the king himself was this tree that was going to get chopped down and wander around like an animal for seven years so he's about to tell the king something that the king really doesn't want to hear and when kings like Nebuchadnezzar hear things they don't want to hear they often take out their anger on the messenger 
So Daniel was understandably worried. Nebuchadnezzar himself probably already understood that this dream was about him. And he also understood why Daniel was afraid, and therefore he told him not to be afraid. Then when Daniel answered and said, the dream is regarding your, your, um, your enemies, this, this, um, there's several ways to interpret this. Well, some, inter- some commentaries say that, I have to read it as if, my master, if only would it be that the dream was regarding your enemies, you know, in other words, saying, I wish it was talking about your enemies, but unfortunately it's not. That's one way of understanding the speech, depending on how you punctuate the sentence. Another way that the, the Brennan traditions have is that Daniel, when he said these words, he looked towards God and said, Mari, my God, this dream is regarding your enemies. So, meaning Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Uh, but... Uh, so while he was actually addressing God, um, Nebuchadnezzar took it as if he was addressing him. And this way, the problem with this understanding is, is that it doesn't read well into the rest because of, the, of the chapter because the rest of the chapter, Daniel actually does explain that it's talking about the king. So the, and the way that I kind of understand this is we find throughout the Talmud um, uh, and the rabbinic literature places where, where when one refers to uh, them, themselves, something bad happening to themselves. The specific, usually it's talking to the Jewish people. If they're saying something bad is going to happen to the Jewish people, it says something bad is going to happen to their enemies. It was a matter of speech, kind of, um, you know, just not wanting to say the actual truth that it was really themselves that was suffering. So they would say it as if it's someone else suffering. There's countless examples of this. And I think this is just the way people spoke back then. And Nebuchadnezzar understood very clearly that when he said the dream should be on your enemies, that he understood that the dream is not talking about the enemies, he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, but he's speaking about it in the, in the manner of speech, the way they used to speak then, that, that they would say it's about your enemies. So however you understand this, Daniel would then continue. Let's go to verse 17. The tree that you saw that grew and became so mighty and large and its height reached all the way up to the heavens and it was able to see across the entire earth. Verse 18. And it had beautiful leaves and branches and had so much fruit and there was enough food for the whole world behind this tree. And the tree that underneath it, the animals of the field would take shade, and the birds would live among its branches. Verse 19, that tree, Antumalka, that tree is, is a symbol of you, the king. That you are so strong and so mighty and you've grown. And you've grown so large that you've reached the heavens and your rulership, your kingdom has reached the ends of the earth. So clearly Daniel was not tricking the king into thinking that this tree is talking about anything else other than him. This is verse 20. And that which the king saw, this, that holy, um, literally the, the watcher, or the, the, but basically that was the Aramaic name for an angel, you saw that holy angel, Nechosmin Shemaya, that came down from heaven, and he, and he announced, Gedo Ilana, cut the tree down, 
Birami Karshar Shohi, but but and destroy the tree, however, leave its roots, Ba'ara Shavuku, leave them in the ground. And leave it chained to the ground with iron and bronze in the middle of the field. Um, and let it become drenched with the dew of the heavens so that it becomes soft and moldy. And then the stump will then become one, uh, uh, one of, with the animals of the field. Until seven years pass over. And, and and continue. Do not fish from Alka. This is the, the, the fetters of iron and and, uh, and 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 bronze means that this is that this is that he's gonna be stuck in this situation. There's no way out. That 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 you, you he's he's gonna be stuck in the situation. This is uh, the meaning, my king, the meaning of the, of that strange action, the chopping down of the tree and the chaining the stump to the ground and then the stump becoming an animal. It is the decree of the Most High, of the God that you fear, the most powerful God, the mitos al-mari malka, that this decree is going to come upon my master, the king himself. So Daniel is having the courage to tell the king straight up that he is in for some punishment. What's the punishment going to be? You will be set. Before you were giving, you were giving and receiving sustenance to the world, so to speak. Now it's going to be the opposite. You're going to be thrown away from the world of human beings. And you're going to live out in the fields, wandering the fields. And you're going to eat the grasses of the fields just like cows graze in the fields. And you will be soaked with the dew of the, from the sky and the rain. You won't have shelter. And in this state of mind and in this state of living, you're going to pass through seven times. It's usually translated seven years. It could mean seven seasons. The bottom line is it's, it's a long period of time. Ad ditinda. Until you finally recognize in your mind and you humble yourself and you realize that it is God who is the one who rules over the rulership uh, or the kingdom of men and it is his decision to decide who rules over. It is not your power or your might, but it is only God. Recognizing finally, finally, Humility. Humility is what you need. Hum humility before God, recognizing that it isn't you and your great whatever that you think you have that makes you the king. Then, um, uh, then, it, then it will be over. In verse twenty-three, let's see what happens. Vidiyamaru lemishpaki karsha lana, and the meaning of the command of that holy angel who was giving the message of God, and said that you need to leave the tree's roots in the ground, Malchus Lach Kayama is saying that your kingdom will still be there, it will still last. Min di tinda di shaltin shemaya. From the time you come to recognize who is the one and only King of Heaven, once you realize that, once you get that knowledge, your kingdom will still be here. When this seven years are over, you will come back and be king. Lohain Malka, therefore King, Milki, Yishpar Allah, take my advice, take my advice to you. May it be good to you, the words that I'm about to advise you. 
There is a way out of this. This is a crucial principle that's repeated throughout all of the prophets over and over and over again. This prophecy is a prediction, a prophecy that Daniel is making that, that, and saying that this is the meaning of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar saw and it was a message from God. But no prophecy is actually really meant, prophecies of bad and evil are not meant to come true. They are meant to not come true. They are meant for people to learn a lesson and act in a certain way and in order to avert the evil decree. And Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, you do have a choice. You could learn this humility now. And how do you do that? Through charity, through justice, through righteousness. You can redeem yourself and stop this from ever happening. And you can be, you can get rid of your sins by being charitable towards the poor and by having a just nation and being a just leader. If you do that, then the serenity and the peace that you've been talking about in the beginning of this letter about how you've been living in peace can continue and you won't have to suffer these seven years of, of solitude, the seven years of punishment. All of this is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Uh, this is, in other words, that's the, it's kind of the signature at the end of the letter. This is what the letter said that happened to Nebuchadnezzar, that he heard this message. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar learned the lesson and he decided to treat people with righteousness and try to set up a, a more just kingdom and help the poor and so on. And the decree didn't happen. However, arrogance was his Achilles heel and arrogance was what was about to bring him down. Verse 26, For about, about 12 months later, He was walking atop the roof of the palace of the king. This, when the king stands on top of his palace and looks out over his mighty kingdom, this is uh, a, um, a sign that uh, something not good is about to happen. This is when his heart starts to feel arrogant. He starts to feel like he's on top of the world, so to speak. And the king says, look, look at this. Isn't Can you see the great, great Babylon that is so powerful? That I have built for my kingdom to be uh, with the power of my uh, greatness and the glory of my majesty. Pam, this was the arrogance. This was not being humble, not remembering that lesson that Daniel said, that you have to remember that who is it that decides who's king? Who is it that builds kingdoms? God only. The king forgot that lesson and said, it was me that built this and for my glory, with my power. The minute he said this, Od Milsa before Malka, the moment these words came out of the mouth of the king, Kol Min Nafal, a voice came down from heaven, Lach Amrin Vuchanetzar Malka, Machusa Adas Minach. It has been decreed regarding you, Nebuchadnezzar the king, that the kingdom has now been taken away from you. Tardin, and you're going to be banished from humanity. And you're going to live among the animals of the field. You're going to eat grasses and berries like the 
like the cows that graze in the fields, and it'll be seven years that pass over Adi Tinda until you finally learn the lesson. That it's not you, but it's me, God, that is the one that rules over the kingdoms of men. And it's my decision who becomes the king. Batshata, Milcha, Milsa, immediately. Sofat al the, the the this this sentence or this decree happened and occurred to Ruchanetzar and he left the uh, the human beings. This presumably he must have had some kind of a psychotic break. and he wandered out of the castle and started and he lost his his uh, his normal human behavior and he wandered around the fields eating grasses. and he got uh, fluid and water and moisture from the um, from the um, dews of the heaven until his hair grew long like feathers of an eagle and his nails grew long like the like the talons of the birds and when the time had passed the seven years had passed Nebuchadnezzar looked up to the sky and and if, and all of a sudden he realized and he recognized and my my knowledge had come to me. This is again part of this letter. An addendum to the letter, so to speak. And I finally blessed the God on high. And I praised the one who lives forever. And the one who is most glory that his kingdom is a kingdom that lasts forever not human kingdoms and it is his kingdom that lasts for every generation and all of the inhabitants of this world are like nothing there is nothing else besides him he finally got the message he does as he wishes in the armies of the heavens, and with those that live on this earth, and there is none to in this world that can protest him or to tell him what he should or shouldn't do. At that time, that moment, I finally got back my wisdom, and my majesty and the splendor of my kingdom was uh, was brought back to me and my my um and my and my uh, the people that accompanied me and my officers and noblemen came back to me and they searched me out and they reestablished me on my throne and they made my kingdom even greater than it was Therefore, I now give praise, and I I'm going to say so much, exalt and glorify you, the King of the Heavens. Everything he does is true. And his um, the things that he does are just. And the one who is a, the people that go with pride, he is able to humble them, recognizing that it is arrogance that is the key to the problem. So the key to worshiping 
God, the key to being successful in God's eyes is being humble before him, recognizing where greatness and glory comes from and just recognizing din, recognizing justice, recognizing righteousness, recognizing charity to the poor as Daniel has taught him and um, he became king. This is uh, the last we're going to hear from Nebuchadnezzar and it seems that at this point, he finally learned the lesson that Daniel was trying to teach him. Thank you so much for studying Daniel chapter 4 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 5 and, of course, the rest of the book of Daniel and beyond.